As I was just explaining, uh, obviously I'm part, um, part-time now, um, just come from professional, so I've got to organise um, all the stuff myself now, so we've got a little group together on a Friday to do a bit of ball work, um, just sort of prepping uh, for Saturday's game. You keep so, going, it doesn't hit the video, you keep going. Um, so yeah, we're just trialling today, all went well, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, all right, I'm back. I'm back. Um, cool. So a bit, of, a bit of ball work. You just said to me there was like four lads at the moment, different teams. Yeah. And you've got a giant centre back playing with you. Um, how's ball work going with him? Yeah, good. He's very, very technical. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's very. He's a technical player. Um, he's a he's a big giant, but. Um, <laughs> He's a, he's a friendly guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's very technical on the ball, so me and him get very well, and he, you know, fits in um, the style of play we like to play at Bar City. Um, so yeah, so it's going well. Um, it's obviously the first sort of session we were doing today. Obviously, I know all the lads there, and you know, everyone brings their own part uh, mm-hmm. to the session. Um, I think as the weeks go on, we'll um, we'll bring different things in, and we'll work on different areas that we need to improve on. Um, for ourselves, obviously everyone's different positions. Mm-hmm. We've got a centre mid. Um, we've got uh, Matt Bauer, who's a big centre back. Um, we've got Eddie Eddie Jones, who's a right back. So um, everyone's different positions, and everyone needs different things. And I think we'll, we'll probably get on to that. But um, yeah, everyone's different in themselves. So um, yeah, we'll work, we'll work on that as the, as the weeks go on. Like it. So the reason you're doing your own bits and pieces on top of club stuff now is. You're now playing for Bath yeah. full time, uh, yeah. or you're fully with Bath, but it's a hard time position, yeah. right? So, how did that come about? Because I know you were at Cheltenham last season, Swindon before that. Um, tell me a bit about, like a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, obviously, um, I know Bath quite well now. Um, been with Jerry, the manager, uh, for three year, three seasons now. Um, I was at Swindon two years ago, or obviously. Yeah, two, two years ago now. Um, but I was on I was on loan at Bath um, and played, you know, majority of the season at Bath. Um, then I went back there again. It was a little bit of a well, not confusion, but um, back and forth. I sort of went back. Um, I was called back um, to Swindon. To Swindon, yeah, um, because it was a bit of a bit of a mess really. Um, they needed players, so I had to go back. Um, but I ended up playing pretty much all the games that season for Bath, and it was a real successful season for myself because it was a it was one in which I I enjoy it, um, and there's nothing better than playing games. Yeah. Um, so I come off um, the end of that season having a, a real good season, scoring a lot of goals and, and a lot of minutes under my belt. Um, but it didn't end very well that season because I got um, released by Swindon. Um, but what helped me is I had a good season that year, so yeah. uh, I ended up signing for Cheltenham. Uh, Which is the same league as Swindon, right? Yeah, yeah, so they, they're both League 2. Um, I ended up signing for, for Cheltenham. Um, that was last season now, um, under Gary Johnson. Um, so I, I was hoping that I was going to go in pre-season, smash it, and you know hopefully get a number of League 2 games under me. But as we all know, football's a very strange game. Sometimes it doesn't work out as... Where you wanted to. So, anyway, the manager ended up getting sacked four games in, 
four games. Yeah, four games. I had no idea about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, madness. But I think it wasn't just them four games. It was uh, what went on the previous season. I didn't think he um, won. His record wasn't great. Right. Um, so I think that's the reason why he went but anyway that didn't help me out too much because of course that was a manager yeah um, so when a new manager comes in the yeah. entire thing gets re-evaluated yeah. all the players are now at risk mm. I'm assuming yeah um, like I said when a new manager comes in you have to impress that manager yeah. he has new new ideas he often wants to change things he has new players he wants to bring in but the strange thing was obviously the, the manager Gary Johnson left um the assistant took over for a while. He, he brought in a, a couple of players, which were sentiments. Right. Obviously, in my position, so that sort of put me further back in the pack in order. Um, and at the time, I think there was like seven or eight lads in the stands. Really? So we've got 18, 18 in the match day squad. Yeah. And we had eight in the stands. A massive squad. Yeah. Um, so at times we had um, <laughs> in training we had you had the main squad and you had six or seven of us on the side doing our own little bit. We had a room little training session going on. So it was quite, it was quite comical. I think. Very disjointed club. Yeah, it was very um, it was very surreal at, at some point and we wasn't sort of um, involved in the, the actual uh, you know, main squad at, at some point. So obviously there was a period where the assistant took over for a while and then the new manager came in. Yeah. Um, so if you think that the assistant manager has his own ideas, then yeah. the new manager comes in, then he has his own ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, he brought in um, another couple of players, a couple of centre mids, and a couple more players, which then put me further out of the yeah, So yeah. I think you've got to assess that yourself as a player. Is there a realistic chance there? Um, and me being the age I, I am. What are you know? 21. Right. Um, so I need to play games. Yeah. So oh, I made the decision myself to go back out on loan. Yeah. Um, and uh, knowing Jerry very well at, at Bath City, um, that was, it was a no-brainer to go back there. Yeah. Just go back there and play games. Um, Did the club let you get on with that? Like they're just kind of go this month. You can go in one day and say I found a loan. You're not playing me. Therefore, I want to go. Or. But if they say, right, you're gonna, we want you to go on loan, do you then have responsibility to go and find a club? Do they put you somewhere? Like, how does it work? Um, obviously, most players have agents. Yeah. Um, it depends if, with me it was a little bit different because um, I kind of knew I wanted to go back to Bath. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we looked around um, and, you know, there was a few clubs here and there, but I think when it came down to it, it was no brainer good to go back to Bath yeah. and sort of get another game back under my belt and try and push push for promotion. Um, yeah, it depends really. I, I went to the manager personally. I went to the manager and, and I had a chat with them and said, look, I think for my personal um, you know, benefit, I probably need to go out and play games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he agreed. Yeah. Um, probably, I don't know if he was going to pull me. Mm. Um, but I think that's a responsibility you have to take on as a player yeah. um, and sort of be a little bit selfish in that situation it's quite a mature responsibility as well to have like because most correct me if I'm wrong you've probably been since the age of nine the best player on every team you've played on and then you get to play in like 16, 17 and suddenly you're around other players who are also very talented yeah so it's quite quite difficult for you to then go. Actually, do you know what? I'm not getting a run here. Yeah. Let me go and do something else. 
Yeah, I, I disagree with that because I've never been the best player. No? no. Okay. Um, definitely at like lower level. Yeah. I was always, you know, probably one of the better players in school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we used to play the little six side tournaments and stuff like that in the summer. Yeah. Our team always used to win. Um, but going through the academy in Swindon from a young age of eight years old, I was never the best player. Right, yeah, I suppose if you kick, kick in at yeah. that age, yeah. And I was, for me, it was a confidence thing. Mm. I probably had it, you know. I was technical, probably not most technical, but, you know, I was technical. But I just, it was, it was a confidence thing for me. I let the things get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably up until I was 16. So I, I, I sort of rolled my sleeves up um, and just said, look, I can't let things affect me, mm. you know. And I really need to, like, knuckle down and try and, um, work hard to try and at the time get a, get a scholarship yeah um, it sort of paid off in the end but yeah that's for me I've never been the best player it's interesting um, well I personally never thought I was the best player yeah I've always had to try and work as hard as I can yeah yeah um, I suppose a club like Swindon if you're coming through the academy at Swindon I mean I'm assuming players you would have been playing with maybe some have gone on to the Premier League. Some aren't playing anymore. Like, there's got to be quite a weird mix of lads, I would have thought, at that level. What, from younger? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think from when I was eight till now, um, two of us made it. Really? That's all? Yeah. So wow. there was only five of us who made it. Um, into the scholarship because how the scholarship works is um, it's sort of alternate on the, sorry alternate so one year five will get taken through yeah. and then the next year nine about nine will get so it's a squad of like 18 to 20 or something like that right um, so our year was the five yeah so only five from my year and the 16s got through to the scholarship that seems real backwards what if there's like what if there's a lot of really good players they still just choose five yeah, I mean, they might give six out, right? But it still has to be because at the end of the day, they only get funding for oh, it's, I see a certain okay. amount of, of people, so they have to have a squad, you know, a certain amount. So. Yeah, excuse me. Um, so yeah, it's uh, from when I was eight, only only two of us. I think one joined from under tens. Yeah, and it was me and him who got pro contracts, um, and he now is a Cardiff City. Right. Um, he didn't. His time didn't really work out at, <coughs> at Swindon, so he left. Um, fair play to him. He he left. There was a little bit of um, stuff going on at Swindon behind the scenes, and fair play to him. He um, he left. Went out on loan. Um, didn't go on loan actually. He sort of left and went to a club lower league. Yeah. Um, and he was trialling at other clubs, and I think one of them was Cardiff. Um, he ended up getting signed there. I love so, that that can happen. So you, you, it's strange to think it. You know, you go from getting released, or a club doesn't want you at League Two level. Yeah. And now um, he got signed for at the time they were in the Championship, but at the end of that season, Cardiff got promoted to the Premier League. Wow. So in one season, <laughs> he went from League Two to, to Premiership. I mean, he was obviously under twenty three level, but yeah. you know, but still, it's mad to see. That happened, and I think that that just goes to say, uh, to say that um, it's just a game of opinion. Right? You never know, do you? You never yeah. ever know. It's um, 
as a young lad in Swindon now who's uh, he was at Simon Sester we were talking about this recently yeah, yeah. at Simon Sester and now is at West Brom yeah. and then someone from his team was at West Brom now is at Barcelona yeah. and is 16 years old you just think this madness like how crazy the football world is and it can yeah. just change straight away um, I was just looking at um, before you turned up I was looking at uh, a thing on Barcelona one of their players has, li- has just literally yeah. just left and gone to like Zenit St. Petersburg so you think he was living in Barcelona and now he's just you, a week before the season starts you've got to pack your bags and move to Russia like it's it's an unbelievable change um, so do, do you ever get used to that in football like that sort of uncertainty that's probably the one thing that I sort of dislike about football you've been quite lucky in that you're Swindon Cheltenham Bath yeah. so you could stay in the same spot I guess yeah. I, I think yeah, that is the worst, not the worst thing about football, but that's the probably most unfortunate thing about football is that you just don't know what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's sort of similar with some jobs. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, or in most cases, you get a you know, year contract or two-year contract. Yeah. You never really settled. No. Unless you're at these big clubs where you get five-year contracts or, yeah. you know, at a young age and you're... You know, on big money, but um, for the majority of us, it's a it's a one year contract, two year contract, and um, you don't have front corner. So you've got to be every year. You've got to try and do something. You've got to try and be better. The last year, yeah, uh, to stay in the game. Um, and I think I'm in a situation where I, well, I was a pro for three, four years, and I've now took the, the responsibility of or decision to to drop down part time. To kick my kickstart my career again. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you never you never know what's around the corner. But I've been lucky enough at the moment to be in you know Swindon, Cheltenham, mm. Bath. So I guess it is local. Um, but yeah, there, there's probably I mean there's a couple of lads and played for Bath that are from Plymouth and Truro that yeah. area, and they have to travel daily or well, whenever it is three times but three three times a week yeah. down to Bath. So I mean I, I think that's Amazing, really. Yeah. Um, the commitment they put in um, for, for training the games. So yeah. it just shows that even at part time football, people play it because they love it and yeah. they want to get better. So uh, we were talking about the other day. Um, you know, it's just getting better and better. Yeah. Um, I think the standards getting better, uh, money's getting better, and I think it will just keep on growing. Yeah. Um, Grassroots game seems to be certainly, you know, on on the up, which is good. Um, there are stories there's loads of stories of, of players who they could be in the Premier League and like hate football because it's not what it was when they were a kid it's yeah. not down the park with your mates playing football or whatever it's um, it's very much a job and, and I think the most high profile one I've heard of would be like David Bentley um, when he was at Spurs he retired at about 27 didn't he yeah. I think and he was just I don't want to play anymore don't like it and you just happen to be really good at it yeah. so it's, it's interesting yeah I think um, you probably hit it the nail on the head there, really. Um, I think mental health and enjoyment in football is, is massive. Yeah. Um, I think definitely last year it was probably a massive learning curve for me. Yeah. Um, in, in that aspect, um, I think you just got to enjoy it. And I think younger younger lads getting into football these days, there's probably too much pressure. Yeah. Um, probably back when. I was eight years old there probably wasn't too much pressure um, sometimes there was from parents and that yeah. but definitely nowadays you've got younger players going into the academy you know Man City and that and they're, they're sort of expected to do big things 
and yeah. the amount of money is getting thrown into these younger players and you know you hear these stories people getting so much money at a certain age it's, it's quite uh, it's quite amazing to hear but I think mental health in football is massive yeah. I think for me anyway if, if I'm enjoying enjoying playing my football I'm playing probably at my best yeah. if I'm not enjoying it you know, I won't be yeah. um, and I think that goes to show <laughs> if you've got a player it, it really depends on who you are mm-hmm. but if you're playing um, week in week out you know at a lower level it's probably brilliant but if you're in the Premier League and you're not playing yeah. um, you've probably got to weigh it up yeah. and think well am I enjoying this so that's when you see sort of what type of player you are because you do get some players that are happy to do that yeah. um, but then you see the sort of players that are not um, and you know they go on loan or they, yeah. they take the, the move to the lower club to play you think about the kids that get swallowed up by like a Man City or a Chelsea because it's just a massive net right or some of these will, some of these will like pan out, and they'll be worth forty million quid, and other ones won't. Yeah. But the kind of wreckage that that leaves in that child or that family or whatever, um, when they've been chewed up and spat out, and now, where do they go from there? Have they actually developed enough to go and play at a Swindon level? Yeah. Or is the ego going to let them play at that level? Or Whatever, like it's got like the, what, the people that we know of that make it through, say Man City's um, academy. You've got what Phil Foden, yeah, and who else? Like yeah. Joe Hart yeah. made it. Like but, but you, don't, you don't hear many, and it's the same same with Chelsea as well. Yeah, You've got, I think something stupid like last year they had like thirty plus players on loan. That's mad. It's you know the amount of players they've got contracts to their club. Yeah, is. Astonishing, really. Um, and you think, is there a pathway through? And I think this year there might be, mm. with you know Lampard in, in, yeah. in charge, and they've got a, a, I think they've got a transfer ban as well. They have, yeah. Um, yeah. So you might see more homegrown players going through, yeah. which is what you want from you know a big club like Chelsea. But you want to sort of see a, someone like Chelsea set an example, yeah, um, and see a pathway through because there are good young players out there but they're not getting a pathway through no because Hud, um, Hudson Odoi was on his way out wasn't he yeah he was you know the next big thing for them and then on his way out and I think he's still there but like if a player like gets to that level where he's good enough to play yeah and he's in and out of the squad and the fact that he, he could sort of go well I'm going to go to Bayern Munich instead yeah. and they're going to play me he must be good yeah so why like why are we spending so much money on players and the other one that made it through that would be Loftus Cheek, I guess, and he yeah. he made it through their youth system. But it's um it's ma- the other thing on that, you know, because saying about Chelsea, they seem to have a bit of a link with Swindon in that some of their lads will come on loan here yeah. and whatever. Um, I don't know if it's a formal link or if it's just a coincidence because yeah. Tottenham is similar, I think, as well. But like when they come in on loan, obviously they're not contracts to the club; they're going to get paid by Chelsea anyway. Yeah. So. When you're in a League One or League Two relegation battle, yeah. and you know, is can you like palpably see the difference in commitment to players that are contracts to the club? Don't um, get yourself in trouble. <laughs> like I said, it depends which player it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you go down, I'm going to go back to Chelsea. So. Yeah, and I think. It's really it goes back to the amount of money yeah. that gets thrown at these people, and it's difficult to say because you can get one player that comes in, 
and no matter what they'll play as hard as they can yeah. work as hard as they can put everything in you might get one player that comes in and you know tosses it off yeah but <laughs> that's personal yeah but I think going back to the the fact that they don't really have that experience sometimes when you've got you get these players these young players that have just played in the development squad for, for, for years they, yeah. they haven't went out and played men's football yeah. and they get released they're suddenly in a situation where they haven't played men's football what do I do yeah. and no one really wants them there's some 32 year old bruiser in like yeah. conference south that's not going to be very interested exactly, in yeah. your resume from Chelsea so I think they've got to look at it and think well can we get more players out playing men's football yeah. no matter what and that's probably got to come from the player Yeah, I think I if I was at a bigger club, I know I've come from you know probably a smaller club, but mm-hmm. I just want to play football. Yeah, um, and I think that's the only way you should be. Really, yeah. it doesn't matter where you are, you should want to go out and get experience. And if you're not playing, you won't. You won't. You won't get. You're not going to develop. You won't, you won't develop, and you won't get. I mean, I think that's the trouble because they're at the top. Mm-hmm. They feel like they don't. Maybe they feel like they don't need to. Yeah. Um, so when maybe they get released or then it's suddenly like a panic station yeah. what do I do um, whereas if if they were sort of in a situation where they went out on loan to a men's, men's team yeah. got experience and then they get released or they suddenly be in a situation where they've got 40 games under their belt yeah. and you know a club will go well actually yeah you'd you fit right to my plan yeah and they've been seen yeah that, that, presumably playing in development leagues you probably don't get seen that much a lot of it behind, behind closed doors or whatever look at someone like Beckham Beckham went from like the Man United Academy went and played at Preston I think he was at Preston for like about seven or eight games yeah. on, on loan scored a couple of goals got pulled back into United and started playing uh, because they could see what he was about but again you know kind of good looking lad probably gets a little bit of stick from other players yeah. at, that, at that age yeah. especially going down to play for Preston um, but that probably was a making of him because then he got a chance to really get stuck in mm-hmm. and next season he's playing for United and a full team so it's um, it's a weird existence I've always found it fascinating with the loan stuff and how that integrates and the, is it clicky and stuff like that on, on teams you mentioned mental mental health uh, mental health side of things um, is it something that you think is is now starting to be talked about more in terms of football because most of the time rightly or wrongly people are probably going to go you haven't got that bad you're playing football for a living you're playing three hours a day and then you know, you're at home most people kill for that but now people are starting to understand a little bit more about, about the mental health side of things which is good and there seems to be a little bit more sympathy around the game yeah I think sometimes players there's a quite a big stigma around football yeah it should sort of be this hard character like bravado yeah and I think sometimes players feel embarrassed to speak to your manager yeah. or speak to your players or just speak to anyone about it really um, so yeah I think but it's, it's starting to people are starting to speak about it yeah. I think over the last two or three years it's been quite a big thing you know stuff, people are starting to sort of speak out about it you know you, you hear stories and, and stuff like that but um, you know, I, I struggle with it yeah. you know I struggle to really speak to people about it and it's the worst thing yeah. You know, if you don't speak to people about it, you sort of bottle it up. Yeah. And you, you're not confident. You go into training, you're thinking, I don't want to be here. Um, and it, it really, really affects your performance. Mm. 
and you, you know, and as soon as you speak to someone about it and you get everything off your chest, you, you just feel hundred times better. Yeah. Um, but it's something that more and more people should, you know, accept and sort of speak about. And, there, and there's so many um, people to speak about. Yeah. Speaking to sorry, speak to mm. these days. And obviously, you've got the PFA um, if, you, if you're a professional footballer. Um, or now, if you've been a professional footballer, you know, no more. You're a PFA member for life, so you can still speak to people um, if you're if you've got some issues or need need someone to speak to. Mm. Or as simple as just speaking to your, your parents or, yeah. or even your manager, um, because at the end of the day, you have and your well-being is more important than than anything at the end yeah, of the day. Absolutely. I suppose I think the thing is as well. You it's it's an easy downward spiral. If you start, you know, these sort of dark clouds set in and then you're worried about that, you go to training, like you say, don't want to be at training, you play badly, then that starts to affect you mentally because oh, I can't even do this right and this is what I paid to do, right? So it's, it's a sort of ongoing spiral, snowballs, doesn't it, I suppose? And then the manager's looking at it thinking, well, he doesn't even want to be here. Yeah. Like, he's not interested. So I suppose it's, it's, um, it's, a, real, it's a real tricky one. I, th- I think because again people sometimes get embarrassed about about saying like I've got a problem yeah. and that's it's, it's crazy but you absolutely should everybody goes through stuff doesn't matter yeah. what how charmed your life might seem to be yeah. on the outside looking in um, everyone goes through stuff they need to be ironing out yeah. so in, it's very interesting um, so in terms of Bath then you're, you're happy there like I've, you're happier than I've seen you I've known you for a long time yeah. being at the gym same, same place and, and you seem to be really happy there which is great um, so if you are you there now is it similar to full professional where you've got a contract for a year two years how does it work um, I've got a two year contract okay um, it's not similar but it's similar mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's a very professional club yeah it's run behind the scenes um, training's spot on um, you know the, the coaching staff's very professional um so it's like that. It's like a professional club, but yeah. we're only two times a week, three times a week. Yeah. So in that aspect, it's not. Um, so I'm missing out on two time, two train sessions a week. Okay. So like we spoke about before, if I want to remain professional myself, because um, the end goal is to get back into professional football, I've got to do bits on my own. Yeah. Um, so that's the only difference for me now. I've got to manage everything myself. Yeah. I've got to do my gym on my own. I've got to do my extra conditioning on my own. And I've got to do extra football on my own if I want to stay at the top of my game. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind that. Well, you've you've never had a problem with that. No. You've, you've always been in the gym, um, which is which is great. Who set who set when you were back at Swindon? Because that's when I first sort of was aware of you. Who set all the program in there? Because there was stuff on there that I don't see any of the other players doing. So you were in the gym doing muscle ups and whatnot at, <laughs> at seventeen years old. So like, like, where does that come from in you? I don't know. Um, it's just I just want to have that edge if I can. So everyone trains. Every, I, I thought to myself, everyone does football. This is when back when I was full time. Everyone gets on the training pitch and you know likes to play football but I want that edge mm-hmm. off the pitch can I do more in the gym to get better on the pitch can I do different things and it's just through speaking to different people along the way um, I've had lucky enough to, to work with some good 
sports scientists back when I was in the under 18s, probably the one of the, one of the best sports scientists I've worked, worked for. Uh, Who's that? Worked under, sorry. Um, he's at Forest Green now. Okay. A guy called Tom Hugh. Right. Um, he was at Reading before. Um, and when he started with us, he probably he had like quite a bit of experience. He was at um, Reading before. Um, but now he's, I think he spoke to me the other day when we played Forest Green. Yeah. Um, and he's been there for three or four years okay. now at Forest Green. So, and he's just real such an enthusiastic guy and he every day wants to improve he wants to get better and he wants to learn different things to help the players improve so that was one one thing that I always took from him and I always used to ask him um, what I can do to improve myself and we do extra sessions um, after after I finished football mm. this was back when I was a scholar yeah um, so I'd probably say when I was Back then, I was. That's when I sort of really got into the gym yeah. and sort of thinking about all the movements and how can I sort of improve off the pitch to get better. Yeah. Unfortunately, that and it's it's for it's that drew my eye to you because yeah. I was looking at you sort of going, okay, this kid's doing doing work. Um, and I remember talking to Nath about you. Um, and he was like, yeah, Tom, like you could tell Tom to run through a brick wall and he's going to go and do it, which is great. Yeah. Um, but. It doesn't seem to be, I, whether I'm just not in the gym yeah. as often when other players are in there, it doesn't seem to be the common thing. So that's, to me, that's the thing that, that I look at it, it and, and I kind of go, I'm, I'm 35, so I look at it and go, I'm not going to be a professional athlete. However, if I, if I was, I, I feel like I'd be aware, similar to how you are, that it's a relatively short and privileged career. Yeah. So why would you not be doing everything you can to maximize it? Yeah. Now, maybe they are, and I don't see it, I don't know. But I look at it and kind of go, that you stood out to me for that reason. Yeah. Um, because you're willing to work really hard, not just be here because the team's got to be here. Yeah. Um, and it's not naming any kind of names or whatever, but I look, sort of look at it and go, you should be really hammering this. Because yeah. you've got to be prepared. And, and, you know, I've got friends who are fans of different teams, and one of the things they often say to me is, they're not, they're not fit enough. 80 minutes are not fit enough. So why is, how is that happening? And it's, um, to me, is it, is it a case of, especially at League One and below, there isn't enough people to really push that forward. So you have to be more on it and you have to be more aware. And for some lads, it's a case of, if no one's going to tell me to do it, I'm just not going to do it. So, yeah. Or are they not aware? What do you think? Um, they are aware. Right? Okay. Good. From the horse's mouth, I like that. Um, they know it. Yeah. You know, it's every player is told that gym is important to, to improve, but it's, it's whether the player's willing uh, to put the work in mm. um, to, to improve. And not every player is, but you do get a few that, that are yeah. in, in team. Um, but it does have to come from the strength and conditioning coach, ultimately. Yeah. Um, but with all due respect, sometimes it's out of control. It, um, out of control in their hands to be honest yeah. um, so sometimes the manager will say that we don't want to do a gym session today or um, we've done too much we might have a Tuesday game so things change week to you know yeah. week to week um, so it's hard in that aspect to have a bit of consistency but I still think that it can be can be implemented there's um, always a reason not to in there right so you finish the season it's been a long season yeah. holidays I need a break yeah. so I'm not going to train 
Then it comes to preseason. It's oh, well, the, the, getting the wind back and the and the legs under me for football is more important than the gym. So things seem to fall by the wayside in that way. But also, I think that as an S and C coach, you've got to have you've got to be you've got to have quite a lot of confidence about you to run a squad full of players. So a, I've been around three or four players. I remember going to like a golf day, yeah, and the banter was like I'm nervous yeah. at the tee do you know what I mean and it's you're thinking that's, how do you stand yeah. up and say right we're going to do this exercise and one leg could just go nah and then yeah. that's going to throw everything off it's very easy in that regard to yeah. get thrown off you've got to be a strong character mm. um, and you've got to be confident in what you do yeah. and you've always got to be improving like you said I'll go back to Tom Newman mm. um, and I spoke to him and I was like well what's, what's new and he was just like I'm always trying to improve and implement different things to help you know the guys improve and that's what you want to hear and I actually believe it because you get some you know conditioning coaches that will try for a month or two and then it will sort of dip off yes and um, you know things won't be consistent and then you sort of wonder why that you know it sort of dips off in performances um, over the year but it, like I said it varies from person to person um, and club to club yeah and I think as it sort of grows probably up to the championship and Premier League it probably gets a little bit more structured yeah. and um, I like to think it'd get more structured and a bit more strict you know yeah. um, and a bit more routine but I'm just guessing yeah yeah it's, you'd hope yeah I suppose you look at people like um, uh, Mourinho Pep Guardiola people like that that seem to really understand the whole holistic side of things so whether it's nutrition and uh, whether it's yoga um, weight training, strength and conditioning, whatever it is, they seem to, to buy in, which yeah. sets a trend. But when you've got, it might be a super old school manager who played in the 60s, yeah. and he doesn't, he didn't do it then, so he doesn't believe in it now, that can filter down, right? 100, yeah, 100%. You, you've got to have a manager that is, it doesn't even matter sort of how old they are, mm. you've got to have a modern manager that's willing to accept that gym is important or yeah. strength conditioning is important to performance on the pitch but you do get some you know old school managers that don't believe in it and it becomes difficult for the coaches to sort of implement that like yeah. I said the gym structure but I do respect the the, the, sort of the modern manager that you know accepts that because yeah. that's where the game's going yeah like nowadays you've got to be as fit as you can be you know you've got players covering you know 13, 14k yes crazy on the football pitch you know you need to be fit these days mm. you've got to be powerful in the gym that, that's where it comes from yeah um, you know you've got players making careers out of this yeah like you, you know people like James Milner yeah I mean he's a great footballer don't get me wrong but yeah. he's an absolute athlete yeah um, so that's where the game's going so I think more and more managers should you know, accept that that's where it's going. Oh, for sure. I think Southgate's, although you don't get a lot of time, I guess, with the England team, I think he seems to be very forward-thinking. And yeah. the success that he's had, obviously, in the World Cup and, you know, whatever, it seems to, that hopefully people start to follow that that yeah. mould a little bit more. Because uh, it is a massive difference. People are quite happy to marvel at how Ronaldo looks and plays, but almost not put two and two together and go, well... If I do some of those things, maybe I'll get some way towards my genetic potential as well. How does your training look week to week? So you're at your S&C side of things. Um, so it's hard to get structured at the moment. Yeah. Um, so being pre-season. Being, this season starts this Saturday. Yeah. So I've had a month of pre-season. Um, so it's been 
we've had like something like six games um, and probably about five or six training sessions in, in between that so I've been sort of training in the gym as well and sort of, it's been sort of a bit jumbled yeah um, but how the week will go um, or how I want it to go is Monday be yeah, a strength strength condition game, uh, day um, where I lift heavy yeah sort of compound um, compound day um, Tuesday again that would be in the gym but working on sort of single leg stuff okay. um, maybe a few sort of explosive uh, box jumps yeah plyos and stuff like that um, I'll, I'll have training in the evening yeah um, so that would be my conditioning based stuff uh, Wednesday will be a recovery day mm-hmm. complete recovery yeah not complete but it'll be in the pool yeah I'll go on my bike yeah um, so it'll be an active recovery yeah um, but nothing too like I wouldn't be in the gym yeah like that. a little caveat to that is last week Tom told me that he absolutely batters a bike every time he goes out <laughs> and he struggles to <laughs> struggles to take it simple take it easy for the day yeah. um, although we did talk about cake stops along the way didn't yeah. we so that's yeah, that's coffee, balance coffee and cake yeah. that's just the only reason why I love a coffee and cake I just plan my routes around the coffee shop it's the closest nicest cafe yeah so, <laughs> What's the next day like? Yeah, so Thursday again is like a bit of a, an explosive day. Yeah. Where I'm sort of doing more box jumps and plyos and similar, a bit similar to Tuesday, but um, just basically prepping for that Saturday game, getting yeah. myself moving fast um, and getting myself springy. Um, and then obviously Thursday evening, mm-hmm. I train again, um, which will be like a. Um, when I was full time, that'd be like a Friday session. Okay. So it will be like warm up, bit um, of passing drill, small solid games, mm-hmm. um, a bit of shape. Yeah. That's it. Just over an hour. It's a lot of tactical stuff as well in there. Yeah. yeah. Not too much because that'll be mostly on a Tuesday. Okay. Um, but yeah, some tactical pans and play, um, but not too much because we don't want to complicate it. Yeah. Saturday. We should all know it. Yeah. Because um, mainly we should do that on Tuesday. Um, and then Friday, like I said, obviously I've done it today, will be um, another football day mm-hmm. um, where I meet up with the, the three other lads and we go through some sort of general football based stuff, um, some sort of speed and agility based work, and get some you know, sprints in. Who puts that together? Do you put it together? Yeah, um, along with, with John, mm-hmm. um, John Watson, mm-hmm. I should say, um, we he sort of puts together the warm-ups cool. um, and sort of speed. And to be fair to him today, actually, he put he put on some good, um, yeah, some good passing drills and some good football drills. To be fair, so he's um, is he pretty handy? He's pretty handy. Yeah. Um, you know, I reckon he can go all the way in his. Uh, coaching badge yeah that's that. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah I think along the way we're all chipping um, with what we want to do um, because I'll, I'll need to work on different stuff than yeah. let's just say Eddie who's a right back yeah. um, but we'll all help each other out um, because it all crosses over at some point yeah. you know just because you know Eddie's a is a, mainly a defender I'm going to have to do some defending at some point so yeah. it all crosses over and then We'll, we'll do a bit of shooting at the end um, no more than an hour mm-hmm. um, it sort of replicates 
a Friday session for me. Sure. Um, so at least I'm getting three football sessions in a week. Yeah. Just getting these sort of sharp for that Saturday. And the only reason why I'm doing that is to sort of try and replicate that full time. Um, well, if you've got designs on getting back in a full time game, you don't have to be a shock. No, when you get back there. Exactly. You know yeah. I mean? So if you're already in the pro mentality and you never let that go, then you're already a pro. So when yeah. you walk back into the club, now, um, how does like because I'm assuming certain clubs, especially sort of League Two, League One, you're going to have massage therapy stuff like that fairly frequently. Are you still doing that sort of stuff, recovery side of things? Um, that is a difficult thing, and that's another thing that I have to sort of deal with you source um, yourself a little bit we do have a we just had another a new sort of uh, therapist start um, a bath so we do have a full time therapist mm-hmm. um, obviously Tuesday Thursday and Saturday yep so when when I go in we can see him for you know therapy and that um, but if I want any other sort of extra bits yeah I have to source that myself yep so it's, again that's another um Con to sort of being part time, yeah. Um, but I don't think I'll miss that too much. Um, again, I can get in the gym and do recovery bits, yeah. Your phone rolling, yeah. yeah. So there's all there's ways around everything, yeah. Just because you're used to different things, there's yeah. ways around everything, yeah. Um, you just have to sort of jumble it around and you'll get to the end result in the, the same way, yeah. I'm always interested, you said about agents and stuff earlier on, in how you how intertwined are you in the process. So, um, if you've got clubs looking, there are players. And I spoke to I spoke to other people about this. There are players that want to know every time someone speaks about them at all, and then other players kind of go, "Don't even bother me until it's something real." And then other guys are kind of going, "Tell me when I've got to sign my contract, and that's it." So, how how intertwined are you in that process? I think in the actual process of them going out and speaking to different clubs and stuff like that not very involved right but obviously they'll feed back to you and what clubs they've spoken to and the feedback they've given you do you um, know if they're going to be coming to watch stuff like that um, in the past um, people have you know told me that certain people come to watch yeah but it doesn't really work like, like that anymore it's more so if someone's there then someone's there yeah and like later on in the line you'll sort of hear about it yeah um, but yeah I mean you are sort of involved I mean you can get more involved if you want and or you can take a sort of a back seat it yeah. really depends on the person yeah um, and it also I suppose it depends how settled you are as well yeah if you're like I don't really care because I'm quite happy yeah and it also depends on how big a player yeah. you are you know you've got if you're like a Premier League player that you know someone really wants then you can just sit back and relax yeah but, you know, Let me just weigh up my options. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but I say someone like myself, you know, you've got to be a bit more proactive. Yeah. You know, like I said, you've, I've got to be, you know, playing my best yeah. every single week or, and trying to improve every year because I've got to ultimately trying to get another contract at the club. Yeah. So, or if you're a player that isn't Premier League and played, you know, three, four hundred games and you're probably get at the club mm. it, it just, it's just how it works yeah um, but yeah it's, it's, it's very interesting it, yeah I like to know because kind of it's um, the professional side of things and how how much you allow other people to um, 
to run effectively your career because there's a lot of people that are involved yeah. in your career which probably doesn't happen at a lot of jobs I suppose um, you said about it earlier on when managers come in and then they leave or they get sacked or whatever that's a massive outside thing that you can't control that is very linked very well linked to your possible success so it's um, it, it, I find that side of things quite interesting um, like seeding the control of that um, you know, I, just, I think it's, it's something that, that people probably don't really consider in their day to day no um, I think that's I like the control Yeah, I think that's the aspect again that's a, a con to football um, you are quite out of control and you have to trust certain people um, definitely you've got to trust maybe your agent yeah. to find you a club yeah. if you're out of contract yeah. um, and you've got to trust the manager mm-hmm. um, week in week out to, to play you but then again you've got a, it comes it sort of comes down to the player at the end of the day mm-hmm. you've got to play your best because if you don't then you're not going to get a contract yeah. you're not going to be in the team so it works both ways Yeah, you can be in control if you put in the performances yeah. or you play your best then so, you can start dictating terms a little bit it sort of works both ways but if you for, sort of flip it in professional football you're sort of more out of control um, than you are sort of in part time so like now I'm in control of everything yes more so than I was sort of pro yeah um, which I like at the moment yeah but ask me you know in a year's time and you want to be back in a pro game yeah yeah. Um, but you know right now I'm, I'm happy so. yeah couple quick couple questions then so um, first of all I, I thought you were playing up front more because you seem to be banging goals in all the time every time I turn your Instagram on you're <laughs> celebrating something so um, I didn't know you were a midfielder didn't know that has that always been the case or were you, did you start up front um, or is it a bit like Milner worse utility <laughs> Um, when I was younger, I sort of was more of a striker, mm-hmm. sort of winger slash striker. Um, then I sort of slowly worked my way back down, um, and then it was sort of under 15s, under 16s. I sort of started to sort of come that sort of sentiment role, yeah. And that's where I sort of stuck, really. Come comfortable there, um, yeah. I, I sort of found my role, really, yeah. Um, but to be fair to it, I've played. Left back. Really? Um, that was a weird game, actually. <laughs> um, I came on um, at half time, it was just after half time, actually, um, in, um, against Bradford yeah. at home when I was at Swindon. Came on at left back. Yeah. Um, never played there before. Not even in training? Well, maybe briefly. <laughs> and I might have played there in a reserve game, but it was just like, yeah, you're playing left back. So I came That's on. That's brilliant because the guy who was injured came on and ended up having a good game yeah um, you know ended up smashing one of the guys um, <laughs> you know and making a few good runs and, and ended up having a solid performance at yeah. the back you know I love that and then suddenly I was a I, I was a left back yeah like you know I played like two or three games um, you played 45 minutes at left back <laughs> played 45 minutes at left back and then suddenly I was labelled as a left back but um, yeah I remember playing Couple of other games at left back, and the one I remember actually is I started I started um, a game away at Millwall. Yeah, cool. 
and uh, yeah, you can imagine <laughs> yeah. abuse left, right, and centre um, from the fans. Um, you know about my hair colour and all sorts. Oh Jesus! But that, <laughs> yeah, but um, anything they can find in it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm used to it now. Um, <laughs> just sort of goes past me because every time you know I get on the pitch, I get abused, but. Um, it's, it's, it's all fun um, but yeah that, that, that Millwall game it's, uh, it just proved that I was in a left back because yeah. um, <laughs> it didn't go to plan really that game um, but yeah I can play sort of in most positions yeah but I'm a centre mid do you pattern your game after anybody? Um, I've always liked to say Paul Scholes really because yeah. hair colour hair colour yeah, yeah. and like everyone says it but I'm Probably a bit of a different player to him. Yeah. Um, more of a box to box. Right. Uh, not that he's not a box to box. Um, but yeah, I'm just a box to box midfielder. Um, likes to get on the ball. Um, love to attack and get a goal. Yeah. So he was your, would he be your hero player? Who would be someone you'd grown up yeah. idolising? Yeah, him, yeah. Just because, yeah, like I said, same, same colour hair. Yeah. I just love the way he played. Yeah. Um, just, he just, just, the way he passed the ball was unbelievable. He was almost underrated though, I think, like, which is mad because considering people like Zidane and Iniesta and whatever, yeah. been like, oh, if I could choose anybody to play with, I'd play with him. Yeah. Like, and yeah, he didn't really get the G, I don't think he was. No, he didn't. I think people who really knew about football and, you know, knew positioning and, passing and finding a pass and they they respected him yeah um, I think a small more than a small quite a lot of people did actually I think yeah. but like, like I think I agree not a huge amount did more people were like Gerard Lampard yeah they get it um, but yeah he, you know as a young player he scored goals he could find a pass yeah. and he was would aggressive you, would you say you tackle like him yeah <laughs> um Definitely more than like when I when I was younger, God, I was I had some horrendous tackles. <laughs> um, but that sort of that came from my dad really, that aggressive side because he used to play football. Yeah. And, um, I just remember watching one of his games uh, when he used to play for Blunston, and um, I just remember him absolutely smashing someone <laughs> on the halfway line that's getting sent off. Fantastic. And that's just stuck with me, and that's probably why I'm a little bit sort of you know aggressive. Yeah. On the, on the football field but that's not a bad thing you know you've got to channel your aggression yes. on, on the football field and it, and it helps you second you pull out of a 50-50 tackle you're going to lose it anyway yeah. and you're probably going to get hurt so you've yeah. got to go in um, the other question I've got is um, who would you say is the, is the best player you've probably played with or against uh, or both I'll probably answer both um, with I've played with a lot of good players mm. um, a lot of players that have moved on um, some players have come on on their own moved on um, there's people like underrated players like Rafa Rafa Branco yeah um, was it Rossi Branco I'm not sure Rossi. I think it was Ra- Rafa I think I don't know sure. I'm not sure you played with him I don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> Nath like I said Nath his sister um, he was always a, a good one to look up to him and, him and Louis because they were just homegrown yes um, and for me like that was always a, a good thing to see because you thought oh, there is a pathway through you know yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, a guy called Furlong. He was on loan from QPR. Already got on with him. Um, he was a right back. Um, and being sort of a, I was sort of a right-sided centre mid, and he was a very good player to play with. Um, there's a guy called Yasser Kassim. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, I remember. Um, just, I didn't play with him much at the time, um, but I trained with him quite a lot, and he was just a magician. I like heard he was really gifted. Um, in his first season when he came here, um, he was just unbelievable. You know, you could learn off him, you know. Um, but I'd probably say, like, the best player I played with was when, for, for, for a reason I was playing, it was when I went out to Warford, mm-hmm. out on Nyland, yeah. um, on loan. I remember that, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that, yeah. Um, which was quite a good experience, actually. Um, and he was a guy called Davy um, McCohey, or I think it was something like that. Um, Irish name, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was a centre-back, he was about, he must have been in his 30s. Yeah. Real good, experienced Irish defender. And I remember my first game for them, because I, I sort of, they were sort of halfway through their pre-season, it was their first game um, was Limerick, mm-hmm. it was sort of their last pre-season game before the start of the season, and I sort of slotted sort of straight into centre mid, and for the whole game he was just chatting to me, yeah. communication, the communication was unbelievable, he was sort of left, left shoulder, right shoulder, um, tracking track man, shouting at me if I you know didn't do something right, well done if you've done something right. Yeah. Like he didn't stop, you know. He was the captain at the time, yeah. and to have someone behind you, you know, just communicating to you the whole game. Yeah, it's, there's nothing better as a young player, sort of going over there, not not knowing anyone. But anyway, if, even if you were in the team where you knew everyone, having yeah. a player behind you, just chatting to you, makes your game so much easier. Yeah, and probably for that reason, I'd say he's probably one of the best players I played with. That's fantastic. Not the most, you know, technical. Um, but a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it's, it's a huge in football communication. Yeah. And what about against? Against, I'd probably say <laughs> um, there's a few as well. Um, I tell you this: when I was a first, I think it was a first year scholar, we played like a behind the closed doors game against QPR. Right. And it was a time where Joey Barnes was there. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And I came on, I didn't start again, I just came on because I was quite young. And um, it was quite, obviously, surreal seeing Joey Barnes there. So I knew he was quite aggressive at the time, so I tried to stick one on him. Oh, um, <laughs> I think um, you've got both legs on yeah, yeah. um, So obviously, he was a very good player. Um, just watching him, um, how he dictated and, you know, demand the ball and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but I remember Tarant. Yes. Adult. Yeah, Ab- Abel, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that game, because he played as well, because he was, he was a keeper at the time, he scored an absolute wonder goal. I mean, his feet was, he was moved so quick, it was unbelievable. He scored a wonder goal in that game. Um, but I think the best player I played against is when my last season um, at Swindon. Yeah. It was my only game that year. I played Norwich. Yeah. Um, and it was a guy called James Madison. He's at Leicester now. He's at Leicester now. Yeah. And just like his movement, yeah. how quick he is on the ball and you know, his feet and he, and, he, and it proves obviously where he is now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's probably one of the best players I've played against. Um, 
Yeah, it's not. Didn't he set up more chances than any player in Europe this season or something? Just got yeah. some crazy he's stat. Probably, he's, he's definitely up there. I mean, mm. he's, he's got a sweet, sweet sort of um, right foot or left foot. Mm. Whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> pretty good, yeah. He's probably both of it. Yeah. Um, but he's got a sweet, uh, sweet uh, free kick on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember in that game, I think he skinned me twice. Um, I fell over. And um, yeah, he's just. He was a good player. Yeah. I remember coming off the pitch, pitch thinking, yeah, very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a word to do. Yeah. I like that. Um, listen, Tom, thank you for coming in, mate. I've, I've loved listening to your chat and, and your honesty, like talking about yeah. the mental health side and the struggles in football and um, where you are now. I love to see how happy you are now. Love it. Um, so I wish you every success getting back in the pro game and no doubt with your work ethic, you'll get there. So um, any last words? No, I just think... Thanks for thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Um, yeah, and hopefully we can do another one in there. We will in a year or so time.